Welcome back to Conversations Different, a podcast from the Santa Fe New Mexican about interesting people and issues of Northern New Mexico. I'm your host, Inez Russell Gomez. Today we are talking to Sean Sanchez, supervisor for the Santa Fe National Forest. A native of Northern New Mexico, Sanchez has the opportunity and the challenge of caring for our public forests and helping people rebuild after the disastrous Hermit's Peak Calf Canyon fire. Sean, welcome to Conversations Different. Hi, Inez. Thank you for having me. Well, it's really good to talk to you and uh, hear what your year's been like. You started at the beginning of 2023, so you've been on the job almost a year. I'm going, I'm starting month 10 right now. So I, uh, the first week in February, I think, is the first week that I showed up here. Wow, that must have been something to come back, you know, because you're from Las Vegas and this is your hometown that was in the middle of the fire, in the middle of this beautiful forest, because a lot of it is not burnt, and you have to take care of all of it. What was that like this year? So it um, there was a lot of work. There was a lot of feeling at home, and yeah. uh, and a lot of a lot of excitement from for being back home and getting to to see and experience the things that I'd missed for for quite some time. The the people, our community, my friends, family, and then frankly, a little bit overwhelming. We you know, like you said, coming back and. You know, right after the on the hills of Hermit's Peak Calf Canyon, um, a lot of um, kind of chaos in in the system broadly, and then uh, even within the Forest Service and trying to rebuild a, a new team. A lot of our leadership had turned over: the Forest Supervisor, Deputy Forest Supervisor, District Rangers, a number of our staff officers, and so a lot of the the, the time and, and focus was okay. How do we uh, try to, to rebuild a team and and be able to support the communities uh, heal? after the fire, and then also to recover and, and, and restore and build a new future. Wow, that's a, that's a lot of work. And you have to move here with your family, get set up, get a house, you know, live, all of those things. Do you get any sleep? Um, I'm, I'm getting a little bit more now. Uh, we're starting to get in a, in a routine. Uh, my wife just started a job last week, and so that added a kind of a new kink into it in, in getting the, the system down. Uh, got two boys in, in school, one in high school and one in middle school, and uh, following them uh, play football, and I got another one in college and following him play football. And so there is a, a lot of time on the road and, uh, and a lot of time uh, meeting with a lot of people and, and just trying to get up to speed on, on what's been going on and what we need to do to, uh, to help move forward. Wow, that's that's a lot. It's always difficult to juggle a young family and and life, and uh, especially when both parents are working and you have to do a little commuting and all of that. That's that's fun. Um, so you grew up in Las Vegas and Mora. You graduated from Robertson, went to New Mexico Highlands. How did that lead you to being in charge of a, an entire forest? Well, it uh, very much kind of came about in a, in a roundabout fashion. The, the last 22 years, I've been working for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, managing National Wildlife Refuges across the country. Coming back uh, home to New Mexico is my eighth move in those 22 years. Uh, the last eight years I spent in Washington, D.C. as deputy chief of the National Wildlife Refuge System. And so uh, I was doing something I never thought I would do was wear a coat and tie every day and kind of work in that you know, beltway environment. But, you know, it, it was really good experience and, and getting to see a lot of the country. I had a stint in Alaska and Texas and the southeast in Georgia and Nevada. And, uh, and I think, you know, being able to see a lot of the country and see how things were done uh, gave me a lot of experience that I can then bring back here and, and put into action. And, and you know, something I realized actually when I was in Western Alaska was 
um, that a lot of the the conservation work that was trying to achieve there was all people work. It was all about connecting with people and and needing to connect with people. And that's how we really achieved conservation. And so that really shaped uh, a lot of my focus and my priority here is how to connect with people, is to be that, uh, you know, knowing and relating to the communities and be a community asset. And so that's been a, a lot of the focus for me coming on early on is how do we really focus on our community? And at least when you're speaking in front of a meeting, they can't say, well, he's not from here. What does he know? You know, because yeah. you have the experience of growing up and then you have the experience from the outside world to, to really fashion solutions that will work well here. And, and, and I'm hopeful one of the things that, that is nice is, you know, any job I've taken on, it's usually trying to learn an area, learn the community and learn the job at the same time. And in this case, you know, I, I know the, the, the community and, you know, things change, but uh, I still know a lot of uh, a lot of the people and I also know the area. And so I'm not having to, to learn a lot. So like when we're talking about uh, Rio La Casa and, you know, some of the grazing allotments there, I know exactly where Rio La Casa is. I know where Walker Flats is. I know, you know, uh, where Buddy S. Peak and Johnson Mess yeah. and those types of things. And I've, I've, you know, spent time, I've went and gathered firewood myself or I was out hunting or fishing and uh, and experiencing it, and, and it's very much my home. Yeah, I know when we moved to Texas, it was such a shock because I didn't have Gainas Canyon as my backyard anymore. And, you know, the things that you do growing up and just always being outside and spending the weekend, whether you're getting wood or fishing or camping or whatever, is a huge difference when you don't have those kind of public lands. It, it's something that was kind of profound. Two weeks ago, I was driving uh, home to, to Mora, and I picked up one of my high schools, my son, Andres, he's a sophomore. And we were driving home. It was kind of right at dusk. And uh, we come over the county line headed into to Mora County. And it was, uh, the, the mountains were pretty alive. <laughs> and, and when I say alive, it was just the colors. The, the, the colors were starting to change in the oaks. Uh, you can see the aspens are changing. They were, I would say, probably at peak, and so they were pretty vibrant. And then the, the shadows that were being thrown going into dusk. And, and my son, this is, you know, 15-year-old teenage boy, he said, wow, we're so lucky we get to live here now. Hi. And and I thought that that's pretty profound for, you know, a, a kid, a teenage kid to be able to, to say that. And I know it's something now that after I've been gone for over 20 years, how much I appreciate it and how much, you know, frankly, I had taken it for granted when I lived here because it was just always there. It's, yeah, that's that's what it looks like in the morning when we wake up at the sunrise. And that's what it looks like at the sunset. And that's what it looks like in the fall. And not realizing the, the, the true majesty and the beauty of it and, and how lucky we are to be a part of it. Yeah, in most places it doesn't look like that. And, and a lot of times when you're a kid, you want to be in a city and have lots of friends and go to the mall and all that kind of stuff. So that's a wonderful tribute to your wife and you for raising somebody who appreciates those things. Yeah, thank that's, you. That's awesome. What has been your biggest challenge this year? Frankly, it is overcoming and, and just trying to, to help build trust um, that, you know, we, we have a community that rightfully so doesn't trust the Forest Service. They, they might trust me, but the, the patch I wear on my shoulder is that Forest Service patch. And, and there's a, a lot of mistrust and, and it's rightfully placed. And so it's uh, been a big focus of mine and, and our team is how do we help rebuild that? And, and going back to, you know, when I when I took on the, 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 the job and the responsibility, I, I shared with our team that I had two priorities. One is that we need to know and relate with our community and that we need to be a community asset and that we need to be parts of those communities and really listen to, to, uh, to, to the communities that we're, we're here to serve and steward their lands. And uh, so that's been a, a big focus. And, uh, 
lots of conversation, a um, lot of frustration, rightfully so, uh, rightfully, very rightfully placed, and a, a lot of listening on our part and, and learning um, how we can do things different, how we can do them better. Uh, that's one thing that I'm really proud of the Forest Service, um, really takes pride in being a learning organization. And so learning from what happened last year and learning uh, how we can do things differently and continue to, to learn as we move forward is something that I think will help uh, to, to help build that trust back. All right, we'll be back in just a moment with Sean Sanchez. This is Conversations Different. Thanks, Inez. This is Patrick Dorsey, publisher of the Santa Fe New Mexican. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Conversations Different with Inez Russell Gomez. Great local content is only possible with a talented staff dedicated to bringing you the best local content possible. For that staff to do its work, we need your support by subscribing to the Santa Fe New Mexican. If you're already a subscriber, thank you. And if not, there's never been a better time to subscribe. In addition to our home-delivered newspaper that comes with full digital access, we also provide digital-only subscriptions for SantaFeNewMexican.com. We'll also be releasing more online-only audio and video programming moving forward. The Santa Fe New Mexican has been here for nearly 175 years, and we want to continue being your source for local news and information. Visit us at SantaFeNewMexican.com slash subscribe or call us at 505-986-3010. Thank you. It's a new day in New Mexico, and the doors to boundless opportunity are open as tens of thousands of New Mexicans reach higher to pursue a dream, broaden their horizons, and retrain for a better job. With the New Mexico Lottery and Opportunity Scholarships, you could build yourself a better future anywhere in the state. You put in the hard work, we'll help with the costs. For eligibility details, visit ReachHigherNM.com. with Conversations Different. We're talking to Sean Sanchez, who is supervisor for the Santa Fe National Forest, 1.6 million acres across six counties. He's the person not just in charge of helping rebuild after the fire of last year, Hermit's Peak, Calf Canyon. He also is implementing changes to the forest through the Great American Outdoors Act. What should people expect or what will we be seeing in, in terms of any investments in our forests locally? Yeah, so the, the Great American Outdoors Act was uh, a great investment in, you know, the public lands uh, across the country. You know, here on, on the Santa Fe, we were fortunate enough that we received almost $10 million for six projects that, that have been funded. And all of the focus is on recreational aspects of, you know, people recreating on the forest. Some of the, the projects were funded were to do some of the archaeological clearances and, and the, the environmental clearances to be able to expand and build trails. Uh, some of it, like in the uh, Pecos Las Vegas district, was replacing some of the old vault toilets that had been in place. <laughs> it's, you know, it's really trying to address a lot of the deferred maintenance of, of a lot of our recreational facilities, not just trails, but the, the vault toilets, a lot of the uh, campgrounds. You know, we've got uh, on the Hemis district, some of the dispersed camp, 
campgrounds and some of the established, like where you pay for a fee and going through and, and trying to redo a lot of the pavement and, and do some resurfacing, you know, a lot of that potholes and stuff have have worked their way into the system and so it's just you know making a lot of those needed repairs that are, are public that it's coming out and recreating are going to reap the reward and see that benefit directly from the investments from the Great American Outdoors Act. Now that's going to be exciting to see. Those toilets were scary. Yeah. I always thought there was something that was going to eat you when I was a little kid going out there. That's not my favorite thing about the outdoors. Yeah, and when and when we're not able to like really make those investments and, and replace them on a, on a regular basis yeah. and, and keep them maintained, I can see how they can be really scary. Yeah. Now, going back to the issue of trust, I know that after the fire, the Forest Service did a review of its protocols for setting prescribed burns and looked at ways to make sure that we don't have another human error, whether it's not having enough crew on hand or whether it's misjudging how hot the fuel is, that kind of thing. Have you been taking those new protocols out to talk to people and explain why you still need fire, but why this is the right way to go with these guidelines? Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, as we've, we've reached out to, to our communities and, and been talking about prescribed fire and the health of our forest and, and sharing. I mean, we're in the middle of really a, a wildfire crisis. When you look at the, the health of our forest, we have you know, well over 100 years of suppressing fire, creating tremendous fuel accumulation, fuel loading that uh, is you know, really contributing a lot to the, these huge kind of mega fires. And then you add climate change on top of that, and it just, it's, it's exacerbating. It just makes it that much, that much worse. And so when we, we talk with, uh, with folks out there, we, we talk about like, well, they want to know, what did you learn? What are you doing differently? And so the, 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 the pause, the 90-day review of the entire prescribed burn program of the Forest Service was really important to say, you know, okay, what happened? What do we need to do, uh, particularly in the face of, of climate change and kind of this unknown world we're, we're entering into? And there were uh, a number of recommendations that, that came out of that. And uh, here on, on the forest, we're implementing all of them and, and actually taking them even a step further on the implementation. And, you know, I, I describe them, they're kind of in, in four buckets. And one is, is focused on the planning. And so that's as we're planning beforehand, um, when we, we do our prescribed burn plans, uh, are we taking drought into consideration? That was one of the, the big findings was, you know, are you really looking at the, the drought circumstances over, over the past? And so now we have, we have guidance, we have direction to look at, uh, at drought. And there's, there's some websites and, and drought conditions are updated monthly. And so that's very much uh, taken into consideration in our planning. When we look at local con- conditions, making sure we have weather and, and, and all of that is taken into the planning. We also have the making sure that we have contingency resources. And so if the burn needed 20 firefighters on it, well, and we needed another 20 as contingency resources. In the past, they had to be within, you know, I think, roughly two hours response time. Now they have to be 30 minute response time. And so that basically means they have to be on scene. They're not engaged in the fire, but they're on scene. And so so that's a a very big, so, so that they, if something were to happen, they can respond immediately. So that was another big change. Another uh, significant change was leadership involvement. And so this is, you know, one of the steps we go a little bit further here on the Santa Fe and that I get briefed myself and our deputy forest supervisor, Jeff Marcel, we get briefed on every single prescribed fire when we're first thinking about it. And then before we're going to go through our go, no, 
no-go check sheet okay. and, 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 and actually authorize the, the burn. And uh, in the past, we had given, uh, it was common to give like multi-day authorizations, and now we do 24-hour authorizations. So if conditions change, then the so, fire so changes. That, so that we know, yeah. and so that that agency administrator is involved in that conversation every single day uh, about, you know, did, what happened yesterday? Uh, are you achieving the conditions, uh, the, the objectives that we set out to do? And if not, well, then we don't authorize it the, the following day. And so very much having that agency and that leadership involvement. And then a, a really big piece, and this is uh, kind of going above, is really the monitoring and mm-hmm. making sure, you know, two of our, our, our burns were, were holdover prescribed uh, pile burns. And so, you know, making sure that it's all out, that, that it's all out and, yeah. and that we have people on them, re, you know, looking at them until we're certain they're out and then taking in the, the use of technology using infrared technology. We have handheld infrared monitors. We also are using uh, drones, you know, unmanned aerial uh, systems with infrared technology so that we can find that heat and then we can go in and, and seek it and, and make sure we're extinguishing it. So that's really important. And then also having what's kind of we call a step-up plan. So our pile burn calls for snow around all the piles. Well, what if what happens if we got a warm uh, a warm spell and fifty percent of the snow left or one hundred percent of the snow left? What is our plan then to go in and, and to address it to make sure that fire goes no further? And then the overarching thing that's included in all of it is public engagement, and it's making sure that we're going out and and meeting people where they are, the, the way they want to to be engaged. And uh, that's meeting with a lot of elected officials at the county level, the state level, the national level. It's uh, meeting with homeowners associations, uh, talking uh, through operations plans with them beforehand. It's giving daily updates and daily briefings on the prescribed burns that we've conducted since I've been back. It's giving daily updates to the affected communities that are directly adjacent to it and making sure that we're being as transparent as possible. That's a great place to take a break. We'll be back in a moment with Conversations Different. My name is Maria Jose Rodriguez Cadiz, and I am the Executive Director with Solace Sexual Assault Services. Our mission is to prevent sexual violence and empower survivors of sexual violence through restoring dignity, strength, and resiliency. For almost 51 years, Solace has reduced the impact of sexual violence. We do it by focusing on human rights, social justice, hope, and dignity. We believe survivors are experts in their own experiences and acknowledge that empowering them is crucial to their healing. Our advocacy, forensic interviewing, and therapy services are centered to their needs. Our sexual violence prevention programs in schools and community is just as important. Please check our website at findsolace.org. And if in need, you can call our 24-7 hotline, which is 800-721-7273. Your support is crucial to the lives of survivors. Thank you. Gracias. We're back with Conversations Different. We're talking to the supervisor of the Santa Fe National Forest. Uh, Before we leave, I just wanted to ask, what has been the hardest part of the job this year? 
for me, the, the, the hardest part has been wanting to help, help, help our communities heal, recover, and, and being new to the Forest Service. I feel like I'm running slower than I would like to be. Uh, and, and being able to, to, to really help. I don't, uh, I'm learning uh, Forest Service policies, regulations, uh, culture, and then how to navigate through that to be able to uh, be the most effective on the ground and serve the communities. I wonder what it was like when you came home and saw the burned forest. I'm not sure I can really de- describe that. I know um, last year it, the feeling I had was very helpless and that I wasn't here to help like my my parents evacuated. They were evacuated for over a month, I think by close to six weeks at yeah. some point. I wasn't able to, to help them, you know, being able to now come back and see and, and kind of this helpless feeling that we can't move fast enough. And there's a huge desire on my part and the Forest Service's part is to help our communities recover just as fast as we can and efficiently as, as possible. But it was a, it was a big catastrophic, traumatic fire event that uh, unfortunately changed the lives of many people in northern New Mexico forever. And um, I'm hopeful and optimistic that we're going to be able to to help heal and recover. It's almost like fate. It brought you back to the place where you can do the most for the people that you grew up with and for your own land, really. And here you are. Yeah, I I, I sure hope so. Um, that's, That's my goal. And um, I share often, you know, my, my connection and why I got into this business. And it was because I loved being outside and being in the outdoors. My connection to conservation was rooted in hunting and fishing, even though we grew up, you know, we have property and a small ranch there in Mora County. That that was my, my connection and um, very much my connection now is how to help my community. Hmm. On that, this has been another edition of Conversations Different from the Santa Fe New Mexican. New every Tuesday. Find us at SantaFeNewMexican.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. <laughs>